Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. so glad you're here this morning um we had a good time yesterday praying we prayed for almost four hours uh, it was good <laughs> uh just the beginning of what we want to do one of the probably next year we're going to pray for eight hours i'm going to push you guys to pray um um if you come here you're gonna you know i, I carry a virus called prayer um we're gonna affect you with that disease called prayer we're gonna push you guys to pray. Um, the more I study prayer, the more I'm into this thing, praying and, and reading books about prayer, it's like I'm realizing it's a, um, there's so much more that I, we are, we're not even tapping to. Um, and I think that's why the enemy fights it so much. Uh, we, the church, the past, I said, I would say the past we 2,000 years, almost 1,000 years, we have majored on, on the most major things. We, 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 we major on the minor things and we forgot the foundational things on prayer. And I think that's why the enemy is running rampant in the church. And, and that's why when we look at a Christian, if we, if we had the technology to take a Christian for the, the first century and put, put that Christian in the 21st century, there'll be so much gap they will not even consider us as Christian. They will say, man, you guys, <laughs> you guys are different. There's no sacrifice. You guys have no discipline, you know. When I read the history books of Christianity, I said, man, what happened? But at the root of it, and I think we have lost the art of prayer, especially in a culture where things, where we don't have to rely on God for anything. Um, um, because in America, you have everything you need. You work, you you sick, you can go to the doctor. You know, people are financially stable. They can pay to build a church. Um, um, and we have the technology. We know how to move crowds. We take classes. We have education. Um, we don't need the Holy Spirit. We don't need God to do anything. We don't need the supernatural. Because you know, if you're sick, you can go to the doctor and get and get and get good medicine, which is okay. But there's the limit that you will never experience in God. You will only know God by reading it, but never experience him, the true reality, because, because you don't have a need. Uh, it's only a one or two percent when they have need, they really pray and they experience that. Um, but because everything that we get, it's, it's easy. You need money, you get it. You know, we, we, you know we, church can build, we don't need God, we don't need to pray. And then what happened? We create something that's totally different than Christianity. Is Christianity is not, it's not money, it's not, it's faith at the foundational thing. There has to be that relationship. You have to, and that's what we have lost. And in our heart in Springs Church, at, at right at the gate, when we first started, when we didn't have nobody, only two of us, me and Falek, trying to build everything, we said we stopped everything we were doing every Saturday morning with woods and plows and nails. We're walking there, making circle. We pray and we say, God, we don't want to be another church. I refuse to be another church. I always on the next day. 
The day that they say we can't pray like that, I say, no, this is not my place. Um, so I'm telling you, I'm to a point right now, I'm, uh, with my relationship with God, it's not bragging, but I feel like I could shut myself in the house and pray for eight hours. I enjoy to be in his presence. And, and because there's stuff, once you see it, you can't ever go back. There's a level of, of experience you get when you, when you experience God. It messes you up. Your brain change. You see the world different. So my, 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 I, I, my, encourage, my encouragement for you is for you to get to that level where prayer is not something that's hard for you to do, that it become pleasant for you to do. You cannot wait to pray. That prayer become part of your lifestyle. That's who you are. That's, you know that time during the morning, you know you don't negotiate with that. This is my time with God. And I guarantee you, and money back guarantee, if you really develop a prayer lifestyle, your life will never be the same. Things that will take you 10 years will take you a year, and your life will change. You will see the world different. Um, and that's what we're trying to encourage you guys to get into that prayer, prayer mode. I'm always in a prayer mode. You know, right now I'm going to pray right now. But what I'm trying to say, because I know the reality, if we don't pray, who's going to do it? If you don't pray for your kids, who's going to do it? If you don't fast, who's going to fast? Somebody else? Yeah. The reason, and then you guys, we think we can change this country by electing the right people. Every time elections come, I'm not going to politics. They're all Christian. They come to church. They want your vote. And when they go there, let me say this. I'm a history guy. I'm a history guy. And I'm going to say, it may get you offended. I don't care. Most politicians don't work for the regular people. They work for the lobbying, for the big banks. I have an MBA. I have a, I have a, I have a master in business. They work for the big guys, the big banks, Bank of America, the... They call it Black Diamond. You know, if you don't know who that is, God, you talk, you talk multi-billion dollars. They control the market. They control everything. The politician works for them. They don't work for you. You better be praying. Hallelujah. Let me get to I'm, in a, I'm renting this morning. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you want change in your country, if you want to see change, you better start praying. Um, the queen, I forgot which queen, the queen said, I'm afraid of this man when he prays. I forgot what's his name. Oh, oh, I forgot his name. The, the queen said, when this guy pray, uh, uh, I'm afraid when he prays because when he prays, things happen. And that's why the church, the government should be afraid of the church when we pray. Amen? Because we know somebody higher than, than, than them. Somebody say amen. All right, let me get back to the passage. If you have your Bible this morning, I'm going to talk about, we're going to go with several, several passages. Uh, we're going to start with 1 Kings 18, 41 uh, to 46. I'm going to give you guys several examples of praying with, 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 with passion. Um, for you to experience prayer, for you to experience breakthrough, there has to be fervent. There has to be passion. They, you know, you have, to exp- you have to put your heart into it. Let's bow it and pray. Father, I want to say, th- Father, I say thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. 
Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father God. We bind every spirit of distraction today. We bind every distraction. We bind the spirit of heaviness. We bind things that are trying to distract us. Oh, God, Lord, I'm asking your presence to fill this place. I'm asking for your glory to fill this place. Lord, let us learn something new today. Don't let us leave the same way we came in today, Lord. Lord, it's time for us to graduate from, from, from middle school to go to high school, from high school to go to college, from college to have a PhD in prayer, Father God. It's time. Lord, we, we're not Lord, we're trying to raise our army in this last day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What, the Bible says you need to pray fervently. What does praying fervently mean? Prayer fervently means you have to be devoted. Prayer fervently means it has to be heartfelt. Prayer, prayer fervently means you have to be passionate. You have to be passionate when you pray. Prayer fervently means it has to be intense. You can't just pray and you, it doesn't mean business. Some of us pray like it's nothing. You're watching, you say, oh, I'm praying while you're watching TV. You're praying while, while you, you're busy. You're doing, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you really want to develop a lifestyle, a prayer that has, that has significance, a prayer that can move the mountain, you have to pray with passion. You have to pray with, with favor, with intensity. City. You can't just pray like uh, you and your cell phone, you, you, you're busy doing everything and you think you're going to get an answer. I'm not saying you cannot do that. That's okay. You, the Bible says you have to pray always, but the, when it's your time to pray, it, there has to be a, a focus. There has to be that passion. You can't just pray and randomly your, mind, you, your mind's all over the place. That's why things will never work. You're going to pray, spending time, wasting time praying. You will never see nothing happen because there's no passion. There's no favor. There's no, there's no intensity. The first example we see in the Bible is Elijah. The Bible says Elijah, this is what the, he prayed he pray for rain. He prayed for rain. But when you look in this passage, you can see the intensity, the passion in his heart. You know, even, even though he even though he know God can answer, but you can see, you can see from the glimpse, from the little glimpse you get in the passage, you can see the passion, the, 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 the desire to see God do something. The Bible said, and Elijah said unto Ahab, get Get up, eat, and drink, for there's a sign of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up on top of the Carmel, and he cast himself. I love how the Holy Spirit pictured that. He put himself on the floor. You know, he dropped himself on the floor. That shows you passion. He cast himself. He put himself in a position, and he puts his face between his knees. What does that tell us? That tells he was praying with passion, with fervent. He wasn't just, just random walking around. Oh, God, send the rain. Oh, God, send the rain. Oh, God, send the rain. No, this guy mean business. Not only he heard the sound, but God said, I mean business business. I'm going to shut the nose out. I'm going to go deep into prayer. I'm going to, and my emotions in it, my passion is in it. My heart is in it. Because a lot of us, we want God to do things, but our heart is not in the prayer. Your heart has to be in it when you pray. If you pray so somebody, your heart is not in it. I bet you God knows when your heart is not in it. I can see when somebody's praying, their heart is not in it. You're just praying. They're wondering. They're just watching. So why don't you done with that prayer, Pastor? You pray too much. I can see it. Done with this thing. But I don't care what you think. I'm going to push you to pray. <laughs> Elijah prayed with passion. This is, a, this is a classic example of 
prayer. Not only that, he prayed seven times. You know, the first time he prayed, and, and, and the guy said, I don't see nothing. And he said, go look again. First time, nothing. Second time, nothing. Third time, nothing. Fourth time, nothing. He keep praying. He kept praying. He doesn't stop. Some of you stop the first time you pray because nothing happened. You stop praying for that kid because they didn't, you didn't expect things to work the way you wanted. But God is not on your schedule. You don't, God is not on your payroll. You didn't know that? Because some of you think, I, I mean, you know, I'm into politics today. Let me stop. I'm not going there. Well, some of you think, you know, America think God is on prayer, national prayer holiday. Like God is on, God is on their prayer. Oh, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And they call all those false religions. Everybody's praying to their God. And oh, we need to pray for this country. And I said, this is a mess. And like God is on their prayer. And you never pray the whole year. You, shut, you know, you're attacking Christianity. You take prayer out of school, you know. And then now, oh, we need to pray for this country. Okay, let me, let me get out this thing. I'm just getting angry about this. <laughs> but my, my thing is, you can pray the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, and give up. You, because you have to be passionate about it. You say, I'm not going to give up about this thing. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying for that child who doesn't know God. I'm going to keep praying for that family who don't, the, fam- the family's in district. I'm not going to give up. Some of you miss a lot of blessing because you gave up the first time. Can you imagine Daniel stopped praying the first time he prayed? You know, the first time he prayed, God said he dispatched a miracle in heaven. And, the, you, know, they have, they, you know, they have all the grades of angels. The first, you know, the first day angel went and nothing could happen. He was a little great, he was a little great angel. And the Bible said he kept praying and God sent another angel, an authority. You know, the other, the other angel called for reinforcement. He said, hey, heaven, I need reinforcement. The king of Persia is stopping this blessing. You know, I can't bring it to Daniel. He said, I need reinforcement. And the other angel called the other, and the other angel came down with big old guns, big old weapons. And then while, and if you read the story, the Bible said he took over the fight and said, you can go. There was still fight going on. Can you imagine Daniel stopped the first time he prayed? And some of you think, because that 21 days fast, you're going to just take your foot out the gas and you're not going to keep praying. You better stop praying nonstop. Because there's a real enemy out there who doesn't want the answer. Why do you think the Bible says pray persistently? You think you just put that? Sometimes we think the Bible just puts stuff there randomly just to make you happy. You know. But he said pray persistently. That's what you have to keep praying when nothing makes sense. When you don't see nothing, you keep praying, praying, praying. God, this child is yours. I don't care what the world's saying. I don't care if they're taking drugs. I know you said me and my house shall know you. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep seeking. And you're going to do it passionately. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Second person, second, second Bible character we, we, saw, we, saw, we see in the scripture that pray with passion. It is Anna. Uh, let's put uh, verse, first Samuel 1 verse 9 uh, to 20. We're not going to read the, the whole thing. What the Bible says, and she, she vow, vow. This is, she needs a, she need a child, she needs a baby. She needed a son because they were making fun of her. You know, she make a vow. That's passion. It's like when you go to prayer, man, you got, you, you got, you got to talk. You got to mean business. So, you know, she make a vow to God. Oh, Lord of hosts, if you indeed look into the affliction of my affliction, your handmaid, and remember me, and not forget your handmaid, but will give unto you a man child, and I'll give, it back to, I'll give him back to you. 
all the days of his life. She, she made a promise. She said, if you give me a son, that is, that is crazy. That's intense. She said, God, if you give me something, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to give you my child. I'm not going to, he's not going to raise with me. I'm not, you know, he's only going to come home doing birthday parties. That's intense. And, and obviously, let's go to the next thing. Let's go to the next passage. He said, and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth because she was praying with passion. Now, and as she spake in her heart, only her lips was moving. She was praying, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thinks she was drunk. Let me stop right there. For somebody to notice you are drunk, this is the, this is the back story. You know, I don't drink. I didn't grow up in a house that drunk. But anytime somebody drunk, I can see them alongside the world puking. Or, or when I go to Athens, those kids on Friday night, <laughs> you, know, you can see they, they, they're drinking, and you see how dumb they are, they're acting. Um, but for somebody, for Eli to think, to see that she was acting somebody that was drunk, that's when she was praying in a fashion that was wild. Like she was drunk in that prayer. That's passion. For him to notice that, that she was praying. And I was in serious trouble. She desperately needed a breakthrough. She didn't, she didn't just, she didn't just praying those prayers like I was saying. You on your Instagram, you know you're at church, you're praying, phones ringing, you don't shut yourself down, you, you all over the place. She wasn't wasting time, she wanted something from God. She was dead serious about what she wanted from God. And my question to you today, are you serious about what you want from God? Because heaven knows, he can, heaven, you don't think God can read your body language? You don't think God's seeing how you're not paying attention, you're praying, you're on Instagram, you're texting people, you're talking to people, you're on Facebook, you're chatting, you're sending texts, and you're praying? Maybe your problem is not that serious, maybe. Maybe, you, like I said, you think you got God's on payroll. And because she prayed fervently, she gave birth to her, to, 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 to her dream. Because she prayed seriously, she gave birth to that dream. And now my question to you today, do you want to give birth to that dream? Do you want to give birth to that business? Do you want to give birth to that new dimension in your life? Do you want to go to the next level of the glory? Because I'm telling you, you don't think the glory is going to come up if you don't pay a price for it. There's going to be a price you have to pay. You want to experience God to another level. You want to heal the sick. You want to cast out demons. You better stop praying. You want to give birth to a new dimension. You need to pray. She wasn't playing games. She said, I want this thing. The third personality we see in the Bible, that prayed with passion. He prayed, he prayed crazy and his whole life changed. The Bible said, Jacob, this is, this is Jacob. You can see the tenacity. It's a type of prayer. He fought all, all night with that angel. Can you imagine? That means every time the angel was trying to live and God was playing the game too because he, you know, God could have just messed him up. But God wanted to see if he really won. Let me tell you something, and this is for our families. There are things, if you don't win it now, your kid's going to suffer. 
There are addictions, there are things in your life. If you don't conquer those things in your life, your kids will suffer. There are things in your life, I don't know what that is, but I know there's things in my life, if I don't conquer them now, my kids will have to suffer from it. Because he fought that night, today, we know Israel is one of the most blessed nations in the country. But this whole thing happened during that night prayer meeting. Thousand years later, yeah. the grandkids are still benefiting from that moment. So what I'm trying to be, but the Bible says he wrestled all night. That's been that's passion. He was fighting, said, you will not leave until you bless me. You have to have that kind of mindset, say, God, I'm going to the prayer room. I read something about A. Allen before God started using him. A. Allen shut himself. He, he said several times he went to, the, to, to, his, to his room, and then he, he keep getting out. He said, God, I want the anointing like, never, like, like crazy. But he kept getting out. And one day he said, I, I refuse to get out. I said, God, whether I die or I see you, I get that glory. And the Bible, in the story said, he stayed in the room, he prayed for, for almost 18 hours. He never got out of the closet. And then I, he would say, God, I'm not going out. And then that's how God spoke to him. And you, you know the story, how God used A.A. Allen. Nobody in history God ever used like that. Because he stayed in the room, he fought with God, said, God, I want this. So what I'm trying to tell you today, there are things in your life, especially for your kids, there are things you have to win now. You have to fight and say, God, I need this breakthrough. I need something to move or else my kid's going to suffer. Are you with me this morning? It's all not prayer. Let me keep, let me keep going close. Let me keep going. Oh, I'm going to skip this one. Um, let's go to Jesus. I'm watching. Let's go to Jesus. Number six. Jesus prayed passionately for, for the will of God. Hebrews 5 verse 7 says, this is what it is. This is what it says. He said, Jesus prayed passionately. He says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication. You get that verse? Um, Hebrew 5 verse 7. He said, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. The scripture said he prayed, he prayed with cry, with tears, with loud crying. This is Jesus. He was crying out loud with tears. That's passion to me. That's, that's intensity. He prayed so much, blood, blood vessel popped. You know, that's, that's, he sweat, he, he began to sweat blood. That's, that's fervent prayer. That's passionate prayer. And now what I'm trying to tell you, if the son of God prays so much with passion, what about us? He prayed until he sweat and you can't even do five minutes praying and you want God to change your life. You want God to move. You, it, it, there are things you will never see until you mean business. When you go to the prayer closet, you got to say, I, I want God to do something with intensity. Somebody say amen. amen. And because he prayed, he prayed for the will of God, he sweat so much, he sweat blood. He'd been in an agony, earnestly, he sweat blood, falling down to the ground because he wanted the will of God to be done in his life. 
Second thing we're going to talk about this morning, for, you, for, for your prayer to work, you have to pray with, with, with specific, with promises and specific. You can't just pray random. You can't just, you can't just come and just stop praying. You need to know what you're praying about. You see, there's three ways you can see God. There's three ways you can approach God. Pay attention to this. I'm going to show you something here. You can approach God as a friend. You can approach God as a father. And you can approach God as a judge. Let me say that again. You can approach him as a friend, as a father, as a judge. And when you go to the court, because heaven has a courtroom. When you go to the court, you better know, when you go to a court here, even on earth, if you go to a court, you better know what you're going to talk about. Because the lawyers will say, it's, irre- it's irrelevant. Is that, I think that's what it is. Irre- irre- irrelevant. This thing we're talking about doesn't have nothing to do with it. doesn't have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Anybody ever have a ticket? Irrelevant. You know, you can't just pray things randomly, just come in and just, you just, you know, you know uh, just talk about nonsense. You just talk, started talking. You better know what you're talking. You better know what you want. That's why it's good to have a hit list. What, what's a hit list? A hit list is a little list that you write the things that you need because you're going to forget. You write the things that you want to pray for. You write it down. This is what this is in Matthew 20, verse 32. Because God, and God shows many examples in the Bible that when he, when, he, when he wants to give an answer, he asks his people. This is what Jesus said. It's not like he didn't know what they wanted. It's not like he didn't know. He knew that he needed healing. But he asked them specifically, what do you want me to do? Stop the talk. Stop the chatting. What do you want me to do? He's walking around. The blind man said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus knew the guy was blind. But he still asked them, what do you want me to do? What does that tell us? You better come before God with, with, you know exactly what you're going to ask him. Do not pray random. God said, I don't have time for this. This is relevant. What, talk, what are you here for? If you, if you need healing in your body, say, God, I need healing. Why does you need that? I need healing in my heart. If you need healing, emotional healing, say, God, I need to heal my mind. I'm struggling with that depression. If you need God to save that kid and take, take him away from those bad friends, say, God, I need you to take away so-and-so, my son. Away, in fact, if you know this name, say that name, away from those people. Be specific. Yeah. Are you with me this morning? Not only that, you can't just pray random. The reason we pray about the, the scriptures, there's a reason we always put in the scriptures, we put in the promises of God. Because, because for you to go to court, in order for you to win a, win a case, there has to be precedent. There has to be a court of law. There has to be a court of rule. Basically, they tell, based on that law, 5, 6, 3, 35, 7, the judge signed it, the governor signed it a long time ago. Basically, I can get out, I can get out this problem. It is the same thing with the scripture. If you see in the Bible, in, in, Mark, in Mark 10, verse 47, verse 48, the Bible said, Bartimaeus called Jesus the son of David. Most people miss what he was talking about. But Bartimaeus, yes, he was blind, he was blind but he wasn't dumb. He knew the scripture. It was a legal term. What he was trying to tell Jesus, he said, son of David. Even though he was calling out, but he said, son of David. 
And some of us, we missed the point, but what he was trying to tell, he, what he was trying to tell him, he said, hey, I'm from the lineage of Abraham. I'm from the lineage of, of David. And I know the Messiah is coming from, the, from that lineage. And I know the promises that you have made concerning that lineage. I know what's in the book. Well, you know what's in the book? Let's put Deuteronomy. This is the promises of God in the Bible. This is what he says. This is what God told the Israel. When he says, son of David, he's reminding Jesus, this is what you said. Basically, if I'm part of the family, I have the right to be okay. I'm standing, my, my request is based on your promises. What is the promise? God made a promise a long time ago to the, to the people of Israel. This is what he says. And the Lord will take away all sickness and, and will afflict you with none of those terrible diseases of Egypt which you have done, but we lay them on all those who hate you. So what he was trying to tell Jesus, I know the promises. I know I'm part of that lineage, so I, 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 I can receive that blessing. I can receive that miracle from you. So what I'm trying to tell you, when you're asking God, yeah, be specific, but be specific with these promises. Don't just show up with your own word because your mind is crooked, your mind is messed up. When you pray the scripture, you're saying, God, this is what you say in the word. I stand upon your word. I stand upon your promises. And based on that, I can make my request. Somebody say amen. amen. There's another story in the Bible. In Luke, Luke, Luke 13, verse, verse, verse 13. You remember the lady, you remember the lady who was who was bound, she could not walk in the temple. And Jesus in the middle of service, he stopped the service. Here's another legal term. He says, and then all those religious people who doesn't believe in miracles, and Jesus said, stop the meeting, let's pause it. And he said, be healed. He said, walk straight. He told the lady. And then all the Pharisees say, oh, you're not supposed to do that. This is a Sabbath. It's a holy day. Oh, I'm having a panic attack. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know, all those religious people, you know, they don't believe in miracles. And this is what Jesus said. You know, that lady wasn't even asking for that miracle. But because it's in the book, Jesus pulled the folder. When the, when the, when the, when the, when the Pharisees are talking about Jesus, let me pull the folder. Let me see if she's part of the promises. Because I see you talking junk. Let me check. Oh, she's part of, she's a daughter of Abraham. Basically, Satan has no right to hold her bondage. Oh, yeah, because she's part of the promises that was made. So Satan has no right to hold, to hold. Somebody say amen. What I'm trying to tell, and that was based on the old covenant. That was based on the Old Testament. That was based on the blood of goats. That was based on the blood of pigeons. That was based on all-time religion. But the Bible said in Hebrews, he said, we have a better covenant. That covenant was not made with the blood of animals. It was made with the blood of Jesus. What I'm trying to tell you this morning, whatever is holding you today, you have the promises of God, which is the blood of Jesus. The enemy cannot, remember the Bible said, Satan hold her bondage. It was not a natural disease. It was the enemy who kept her in bondage. But what I came came here to tell you this morning, we have the blood of Jesus. 
Oh, he died for you today so you can be free. You can be free. Satan cannot hold you down. I don't care what it is. I don't care if Satan tried to put you down, tried to bend you over like she did to that, like he did to that lady. But because of the blood of Jesus, because of what Christ has done, you can be free today. All you have to remind the devil, remind the devil that Jesus has shed his blood for me. You don't have no right in my life. You need to get out. You don't have no place to keep me in bondage because that lady was walking head down. She was full of shame. She was full of, of desperation. Nobody wanted to talk to her, but because of the promises of God over her life. And I want to tell you today, doesn't matter what Demi has trying to hold you down. You have the blood of Jesus today. Deliverance is for you. And I want to tell you today, whatever that's holding you down today, Jesus died for you so you can be free. No demon in hell, no demon, no Jezebel, no witchcraft can't hold you down because of the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Hey, don't start talking about the blood. I get excited. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Come on, raise your hand right now. Thank him for the blood of Jesus. We do not... We don't need to be afraid of all those demons in hell, all Satan's schemes towards your life. You have the blood of Jesus today. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Last thing, when you pray, not only you have to be specific with promises of God, but you have to believe. Oh, and this is where we drop the ball. This is where... The reason 99.9% we don't see God does great things in our lives is because there's no faith. We don't believe. Jesus said, this is Jesus said, he said in the last days when I come back, he said, will I find faith? That passage bothered me so much. And what he's talking about, he's talking about because of the way the world's going to be. Because the way things are going to be so central, will people even believe under the, under the supernatural God? Because everything becomes so much physical. This is what he says in Mark 11, 22, verse 24. This is what he says. You remember that lady who's asking God, the judge, to do something for his son? He said, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, this is he said, he says, if you talk to the mountain, you know, we prayed that prayer yesterday. I said, if you pray to this mountain, you're praying right now. You're praying, yeah, you pray, God, to the mountain. Go for yourself into the sea. Boom, first thing he said. And does not doubt. You have to believe it happened. Just like my son right now, if I say I have a dinosaur, um, if I went downstairs and I told Asher, I have a dinosaur at, I'm going to have a dinosaur delivered from Jersey Park. It's going to be a real thing at 12 o'clock in front of the parking lot. She goes, Daddy got a dinosaur, Daddy got a dinosaur. He doesn't think or imagine how I'm going to chase a dinosaur, especially dinosaur doesn't exist anymore. Where will I find a dinosaur to bring up front of the church? But because he believes in the strength of his dad, I will not say that to me because I'll be lying. 
And that's exactly how you need to think, you need to think about God. You can't doubt. Um, he said, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in the heart, but believe that what they say. When you pray about it, this is where this is, you don't believe. That's the problem. That's what he said. When you pray about it, you need to believe like God's already done it. And let's, let's keep praying. Let's keep, let's keep, you're going to, watch this. Pay attention. Are you paying attention this morning? Okay, he's talking about praying and, and faith. Prayer and faith because they have to match together. You can't pray and have faith. And that's where the enemy is attacking us in these last days. We pray, but we don't believe. He said, and does not doubt in their heart, but believe that they say what, that, that, that what they say will happen. They believe, they say it's going to happen, will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask, he keeps saying again. How many times I have to tell you this? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe again that you have already received it. It's there already. Your child, you better believe that next year that they're going to stand here and worshiping with you. I'm believing for, I'm believing for millions of dollars. Don't judge me. I know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> I'll pay everybody's debt off. You better believe it. I see, come here, son, and say, what, how much you owe in your house? 200 grand. I say, here's a check. Let me get back. Um, you have to believe. That's the problem. That's the missing ingredient that we are missing in our prayers. You have to believe when you pray that God answer Like, you believe it that you receive it. Because if you don't believe, you will never receive it. The, in James 1 verse 6, 7 says, this is what he says. This is, I think that's simplified version, right? That's simplified version. He said, but he must ask for wisdom and faith without doubting. When you ask, you can't doubt. Is God willing us to, to help? For the one who doubts is like, basically, um, uh, I, f- I forgot the name of the author. He said they call it schizophrenia, Christian mindset. Your mind is divided. Your mind is divided. It's double-sided. You, you don't believe. You, you don't believe. You say, you read the Bible, think it's a, it, just, it, just, it, just, it just fables. You have to believe. He says, it's like a billowing surge of a seed that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not to think. You better believe it. If you don't believe, you're not going to receive anything. You're, not, you're wasting your time. You might as well don't stop. If you're praying for something, this is what he says. Don't even think that you will receive something. Uh, now they expect that we will receive anything from, from God. Being a double-minded person, unstable. You pray for something and then you said, you change your mind. You pray for that healing, so I don't, I don't think God's gonna heal me. You pray that for that kid's gonna get saved, and I don't think there's no hope. He's the double-minded person. You pray God's gonna open that door for, oh, I'm not gonna get that job, and God's gonna look at you. Like, okay, you don't believe, why am I wasting my time? Because God doesn't respond by our tears, by your emotions. He responds by faith. Being a double-minded, unstable, restless, and always weighing everything he thinks, feels, and decides. You have to believe this morning. If your faith, closing, if your faith, listen to this, if your faith is not growing, your future is weakening. You just missed that. That by itself sh- should make us go home and 
Ponder about this. I wrote this down this week. My brother said, where'd you get this from? I said, I'm fasting. Don't ask me. I didn't steal it. <laughs> it's, I didn't steal that from somebody. I said, if your faith is not growing, your future is weakening. And what I'm trying to tell you guys doing this fast is to believe God We know with strength. Three years back, I was praying and talking about faith. And next week, we're going to have, going to have deliverance. We do deliverance here. We have deliverance after service. Um, if, you, if, if you need um, deliverance, please. It's at 4, right? Yeah, it's at 4 p.m. next Sunday. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my personal... Is that two? Okay, deliverance is at two, Sunday. If you need prayer, if you need prayer, deliverance is open, come. Make sure you, you see us so we can help you. I grew up in a church, my dad, God has used my dad tremendously. One time my dad was working at the church, um, somebody, somebody who was sick, her feet was, was, had pus, could not go to the doctor. Dad was coming, was coming out the church and he just stepped out of his office. The lady was staying in the lobby and she fell down and got healed instantly. Um, one time uh, in Haiti, you know, we have big gates, you know, and we have big gates, open gates, you know. So the gates fell upon one of the people that was coming to see my dad. The leg broke into pieces. And my dad was 76, 77. And my dad stretched his hand in the middle, in the middle of the street. He prayed, the leg got back together. So I've seen things. But the past four or five years as a pastor, I struggle with faith. Um, people who ask me to pray, I never, I didn't believe. I'll be praying for them, but in my said, God can't heal them. And I said, man, I've seen the evidence of God, why? I mean, I have no faith. I, I, I was just like, <laughs> I pray, yeah, pray for me. Pray. But in my heart, I said, ah, it's not real. God, and I struggle as a pastor, I struggle with that. And I know a lot of you struggle with that. It wasn't until 2019. Let me tell, let me say this. Don't get me wrong. Um, COVID, you know, with the COVID, a lot of people died. But COVID for me was a turning point in my life because everything shut down. I went to the prayer closet. I started praying. I probably would not be here today if it wasn't COVID. God changed my life. COVID was a when I walk out of COVID, I was a different person. Everything you see here happened during COVID. Prophecies start happening. I was praying for 40 days fast. I shut myself in the closet. But I struggle with faith. I struggle. I knew God could do things. I knew God could heal people. Because I've been reading. I read book. I watched the video. I get excited. I get excited. But every time I, I, I wanted to pray for somebody, my heart stopped beating. I said, hey, God doesn't do this. God doesn't do this. God doesn't do this. He's nah, he can go to that. I struggle with it. I, I, I said, I believe. Yeah, I believe God can heal. But deep in my heart, when I go to the office, my heart, I know I didn't believe. And I struggle with unbelief. I know some of you may not believe it, but I was praying at the last 40 days fast. And I said, God, why? Why I don't believe in the Bible? I'm seeing miracles happening. I want that to see in my life. And I started praying. Without somebody put hands on me, I was praying. And then the moment I was about to walk out the office, this is where I received my deliverance. It wasn't somebody. It's an odd question. I said, man, that Christian can't have stuff like that. It doesn't happen. Said, no, 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 no. And then I heard all those. Literally, I got up my chair in my office. I'm walking out. 
And I'm being vulnerable because some of you need deliverance. If you say, you know, I'm yes, you do. And we're not ashamed to tell, yes, just because you're Christian, yes, you're not possessed. You know, there's a certain possessed, but you can't have things in your life. Your house is just like a big house, but in the house, there might be some dark places where things are hiding. And I struggle with faith. And, I, and not only I struggle with faith, but the second thing I struggle, I, was, I struggle with fear. Every morning I woke up, I'll think something bad's going to happen to my kids. It was miserable. And after it was normal. And I got up, my, I was praying that fast. And then I got up. First of all, first thing I saw while I was praying, I saw a bunch of snakes walking around, leaving, the, leaving my office. I said, what is this? I said, what is that? A bunch of little snakes walking around. And God said, and I got up, I started to praying, and I got, and somebody hold my shoulders, sit down. Boy, and next thing I know, I started vomiting. I pulled a bucket, I said, what is going on? What's wrong with me? He said, I went to a Baptist college. I was a, I'm a Baptist costal. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the scripture. If you don't see that, we preach the scripture. We, I preach the scripture. I, I, I'm not far off. I'm not a crazy charismatic scene, gold dust, angel. No, we're not into this thing. Trust me, we're not into gold dust stuff. We stay in scripture, but we spirit filled. I said, what is that? I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, oh God, what's going on? God said, I'm setting you free from that spirit of doubt. He said, I'm setting you free from that spirit of fear. You will not wake up in the morning and feel like something bad's going to happen to your kids. And the next day I got up because I was so exhausted, because when you get delivered, your body's so exhausted. And I, and I got up, I woke up, I, I woke up the next morning, I said, I don't have no fear. The, the lingering idea behind my head that telling me something bad's going to happen, my kid is not there. Not only that, I stopped believing God for miracles. And I have no doubt when I pray for somebody, I know in my heart, it's like, it's like if they have faith, I, I'm crazy. I said, I, I prayed. And I said, man, my faith stopped rising up. And God said, you are in bondage with the spirit of doubt, unbelief. If you say every time I pray for healing, first thing I bound, I bind that spirit of unbelief. And what I'm trying to tell you guys, you will never see God moves in your life without faith, without believing him. The Bible say it is impossible. It's not my word. It's not my word. If you live in a doubting mindset, you have to believe. Oh, this year, you're going to believe for your kids. We're going to believe. Let's stand up on our feet this morning. Stand up on our feet. Come on, raise your hand right now in Jesus' name. We're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. Some of you need to be set free from that spirit of doubt. Doubting, 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 doubting God's promises. Doubting the enemy has keep you bondage of doubt. You don't believe God can do it. What, what, what? You don't think God can, seriously, you don't think he can, okay, I know God will not uh, bring a dinosaur here, you know, but I think he can, if he's afraid, if we need it, he'll do it. Some of you stuck where you at because you don't believe. This fast, when you're praying, you believe, you got to say, God, I believe for great things. I believe my kids shall be saved. I believe you have a greater future for me. 
I, I don't care what the world says. I believe you can set me free from that anxiety. I believe you can heal my back. I believe that you can change my life. I believe you can get rid of that depression, that anxiety, that sickness, that thing that's lingering in my life. And you can break that off of me. Because if you don't believe it, Because the way, I'm going to teach you something I just learned. God taught me this. You see, faith works two ways. The devil knows when you don't have faith. That's why he doesn't move. If if you pray for somebody you don't believe, it's like people say, I don't have no no issues. I say, let me check. I don't have no issues. Let me check. Let me pray for you. I don't have no issues. I say, let me check. Because because they don't believe, the enemy say, okay, nothing's going to happen. But the moment you believe, okay, I got issues, and I'll pray for you. Boom. Oh. (laughs) Because you believe I need help. You gotta believe that you need help. And it's okay to say, ah, I'm struggling with doubt, Pastor. And I'll just being vulnerable tell you, I struggled with doubt for years. And God had set me free to come here because if I had faith, when I walk in here, there's nothing. I said, oh, I just make a, I just come in uh, carrier suicide. I just destroy my life, destroy everything. But I stand here, I saw, I saw the place so full, even there were nobody there. I have to believe that. When I pray for somebody that's sick, I believe God's going to heal them. Yes. I don't have no doubt. I don't care what it is, sick, AIDS, whatever it is, cancer, whatever it is. I just believe it. Yes. I leave the rest to God. God make that decision. Me, personally, I believe God. This year, during this fast, it's time to believe God for greater things. Amen.